friends out there on the internet. I'm Chase Jarvis. I want to welcome you to another episode of the Chase Jarvis Live Show here on Creative Live. This is indeed where I sit down with the world's top creatives, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders and unpack actionable and valuable insights with the singular goal of helping you live your dreams. My guest today is Brian Solis. Whoa. Brian, good friend. Met him like, I'm going to say six years ago. Super intimate environment. I think it was in Palm Springs. We were both brought in to talk to an agency about the future of creative work. Brian from one side of that coin, mine from the other. And lo and behold, if those things aren't the same, and that is one of the things, uh, one of the reasons rather, why I was psyched to have Brian on the show, this intersection of creativity and specifically experience design. A lot of you out there are going like, what is experience design and why do I care? If you are making anything, if you are a creator, if you are selling anything, experience design is at the core of what you are doing. And Brian has written the book, the definitive book, I think it's the best one on the subject, called X, The Experience Where Business Meets Design. We get into that, uh, more detail on that topic, but just in case you're curious, again, experience design, it touches almost everything you do if you're making or selling or distributing something. It's a holistic ethos where you, as a creator, are designing something for somebody else at the center of that dime, whether it's a, a customer or uh, someone in your community. To wrap my head fully around this and, and to grok his book was one of my favorite things of 2016. Um, I talked about this phrase really casually, but when uh, having Brian on the show, uh, it, it like locked in my desire to be more acquainted with the term. And I think it's helped me a lot, not just with this community here, but with Creative Live, with, well, I'll just say every project that I've touched. Um, in today's episode, we also talk about how to get inspiration from brands, people, and products that are beyond your industry. This is another, I think I did a video not too long ago called The Dirtiest Secret in Photography, and the core tenant of that principle, of that video, was this, the same topic that Brian and I go in on, which is how if you're only looking at your industry for inspiration, you're missing so much because that tends to be like this circular problem where everyone's talking to one another about the same things and nothing. And so what have you done or what can you do to bring things from outside your industry? Where can you take inspiration and apply it? And it's, sometimes it's like standard in one industry. This episode is brought to you by Creative Live. Creative Live is the world's largest hub for online creative education. Education in photo, video, art design, music and audio, and the ability to make a living and a life in those disciplines. It's the highest quality, highly curated classes taught by the world's top experts. We're talking Pulitzer Prize winners, Oscar winners, Grammy Award winners, New York Times bestselling authors, and the best entrepreneurs of our time. Names like Richard Branson, Mark Cuban, Ariana Huffington are on the platform. And you get classes taught from guys like Tim Ferriss, Lewis Howes, uh, Ramit Sethi. I, again, I could list uh, a thousand other names of the top photographers, designers, musicians, 
the best in class, you get it. Now, right now, if you're familiar with me and my work, you might be saying, well, wait a minute, isn't that a company that you started, Chase? Well, yes, it is. In fact, Creative Live makes this entire podcast possible. And in fact, all of my longstanding Chase Jarvis Live shows. Creative Live has millions of students around the world. More than 2 billion minutes of education have been consumed on that video platform. So, you know, that's a little bit of the sort of the what and the how behind Creative Live. But here's the why, which I think is so critical. Creative Live exists to help you live your dreams in career, hobby, and life. In short, I started Creative Live with a bunch of really committed friends because we saw a, a big need in the world. We wanted to help our peers and friends and, and folks out there in the world transition to new careers, live new dreams, take the leap, if you will, into an entirely different sort of direction where you can leave that job, maybe your job with the man, and strike out on your own. I also saw my peers in the photo and the design world needing to sort of up their skills and get ahead. And I saw friends who were happily working at great companies but wanted to pursue their hobby to a next level that you know might someday parlay into a side hustle. So we built that platform. Uh, these classes at Creative Live are the most highly and authentically produced of any of the online video platforms you'll experience. The top experts, it's all shot with 48 cameras, all in HD, beautifully presented and accessible on desktop, tablet, mobile. You know I stand for quality and that's what Creative Live uh, puts out. To that end, I have also taken it upon myself to curate a handful of my very favorite classes and mix them in with some of the top performing classes on Creative Live. And I'll bake that into a landing page called creativelive.com slash hustle just for you. This community listens to our podcast here. So you should go there and you should check that out as a special thank you for being a podcast listener. If you find a class that you love, either from the ones that I've curated or elsewhere on the site, and you want to buy it, during checkout, enter the code CHASER. That's my name plus an R, just C-H-A-S-E-R. And do that during checkout and you'll get 25% off your order. Uh, I think that's awesome and I hope you do too. So thanks very much for checking it out. Let me know what you think. Now that's it for the sponsors. Uh, now let's get into the show. Brian, you made it. South by Southwest, thanks a lot, bud. Appreciate you joining us. Oh my gosh, the pleasure is all mine. Anytime to see you. Come, come on, I know we travel the world <laughs> and we're always like, hmm. Um, South by Southwest, you're a maniac here. I am. You're speaking, you're hosting a lounge, you got a keynote tomorrow. Thank you for working. The times are, I've, I've keynoted at South by twice and I just basically go in a hole before my keynote because I don't want to see anybody, I don't want to hear anything, I'm just like, and you're just out here, you're, you're running the show. Well, you know, I'm trying to, uh, it's all in the fight to stay relevant, right? Because there's a so lot true. of really amazing things and with social media now, everybody has a voice. And so for me to have to sort of compete with all of the noise out here, you gotta, you gotta work a little bit harder. You gotta hustle. I was just uh, <laughs> talking with uh, Mr. Mark Cuban. We're talking about how you can control the amount of effort you put in. There's a lot, you can't control the market conditions, you can't control the weather, but you can control how hard you hustle. And uh, certainly, South by does define the hustle, man. We're all, and there's a fair bit of partying that goes on at night. I'm trying to stay like, so I can get a good night's sleep. But uh, so, give us a little bit of background in. So, analyst, you know, the the audience uh, for this show is creative, creative entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, freelancers, people who have a penchant for creativity. They want, they either consider themselves creative or want to be more creative. And the reason that I wanted you on the show is because you provide insights about the future. You help people see around corners. And one of those corners that I think is just a huge exclamation point, and we'll put your book all over this show, bing, 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 bing. 
X is about experience. So that's one of the things that I was hoping you could talk about. Um, and why don't you give us like the background, the, the backbone, if you will, about what experience is and why our audience should care. Well, yeah, absolutely. The, one of the biggest things that I've found in my research is that customers are changing. People are changing, right? So it's, it's the result of a lot of things. It's like technology, its impact on society, but also how we connect and we communicate. I mean, just think about Snapchat or think about Instagram and, yep. or Uber or Tinder, right? All of those things are rewiring your brain to, whether you know it or not, to expect things differently, to do things differently. And what they're all teaching us is that the world literally revolves around us. I call it the ego system. Uh, and that we're becoming uh, accidental narcissists because these things, you want a car, it'll be here in four minutes. You you want to find a date tonight, swipe right, swipe left. You know, it'll, it just, it's all now. And so it's what, all now and it's all you. Exactly, it's all you and, or, or me. Yeah, all me. <laughs> and what I've found is that they, want experiences. They don't just want products. They want experiences where they're the center of this universe. And businesses that create products and support those products the way that we did 30 years ago does not work anymore for today's customers. What's an example if you think something that doesn't work and, and a, like the old way of supporting those things? Talk about that for well, a second. Like what's broken? iTunes is a perfect example, right? Here's something that completely disrupted the music industry and now it's been completely disrupted by Spotify or Sonos, one of the hottest speaking speaker systems in, in, on the planet. It's getting disrupted by Amazon Echo. So the infrastructure of those products and how you support and sell and make them relevant or how you innovate is now got to be much faster, much more plugged in. And the whole idea of anthropology and sociology and psychology, social science has never been more important, even data science, because now you can understand people and design people. for people. Yeah. The way, I think the, the vernacular around design and experience design, we'll talk about your book in just a second. To me, that the vernacular has just accelerated so much, not dissimilar to the actual processes and the way we think and act and behave and expect. One of the things that I always have grappled with and fought for is that the people who come in contact with me, me as a photographer um, prior to starting Creative Live and even, you know, especially now with Creative Live is what it feels like the first time you come in contact with uh, some content that I've made, one of my photographs, um, or the experience of using Creative Live, and how, how is it different, how do you stand out? And I think a lot of people who, uh, you know, we're three minutes, five minutes into the show here, it's like, I wanna tell them how it relates to you, and it is everything. It is what differentiates you from all those other people. You wanna stand out, certainly you have to be great at your craft but you have to be better at creating the experience of experiencing your craft. Like <laughs> right. how, do you, how do you experience Chase or Creative Live or Brian or any of y'all's business out there? So give me a little context around that if you will. How can it be a differentiator for people and what is this experience and experience design? Yeah, I mean I'll geek out for as, <laughs> as long as you want on this subject. There, this is going to sound really trite, but I promise you that this is, uh, I, had to, I had to think about what experience, what is an experience, you know, and believe it or not, that's a very hard question to answer. Uh, this book took three and a half years uh, to, to write because one of it is getting down to the essence of what makes an experience possible. And then how do you ironically make a book a good experience about experience <laughs> design, right? And so my yes. friends, at, our friends at Mechanism. Yeah, love those guys. You know, Jason Brennan. Yeah, they helped me for the last, you know, several several years thinking, patiently thinking this through, an experience turns out is an emotional reaction to a moment. 
right? And when you put those together in a series, right, that the sum of that is, is what the experience is. So if you think about, uh, well, just in the context of business, uh, if I hit your site, if I see some marketing, uh, if I talk to a representative, if I have a problem, the experience that I have is the result of all of that, right? And so we, we leave that to chance today. We, we just come up with the brand and we come up with great marketing and we try to optimize uh, our site design and we have a contact center or we have uh, human <clears throat> or fake human interaction, you know, <laughs> press, I can understand your voice, tell me what you're trying to do. We, you know, we, do, we do everything to get away from people, but companies like Disney or Apple or Nike, <clears throat> They're very intentional about every moment of truth. They want you to feel and react a certain way. So when you start to treat it like an emotion, imagine now if you know that this is how you react to creative life, for example, what if I then started to plug into how you're changing, your aspiration, what are you really trying to do? What can't you do today? And I start to take that into experience design and then apply it in everything that I do. By design, people feel great. People love it. You're helping them do something. And they might not be able to put their finger on what it is, but they will absolutely love it. And there's a quote that inspired me to get, to get into experience design, because there's the, the experience design buzzword, but... Yes, but then there's real There's experience, experience right? <laughs> Raw human emotion. And it was a Maya Angelou quote, which was, uh, people will forget what you did, people will forget what you said, but they will never forget how you made them feel. And that was, wow, that's exactly it. The fact that I can't find a common definition of experience or how to create one is ridiculous. So that's, what, that's what, one of the reasons it took so long to design the book. But it's a, very, very, it's a very critical and powerful differentiator. And that's the thing that if you're sitting at home and you're trying to figure out there's how many photographers out there, how many designers, how many people that are making beats in their basement trying to get their music on the radio or trying to get their music into the next commercial or whatever. And creating crafting experiences and thinking that through what is it like to experience my brand or your brand or your brand or I'm, I'm looking at all the cameras here <laughs> and and so do me a favor and tell these kitchen counter entrepreneurs solopreneurs freelancers tell them how to think about it well I'll tell you I'll tell you a, a, a quick thing so that we put it into context and then how to think about it uh, will follow I was watching the Grammys and someone next to me, after watching Lady Gaga's performance, said, she, what a, what a talent, right? I thought about that. Maybe I'm, I overthink things too much, but I thought about that, and I said, you know, if you go on YouTube, you could spend the next 24 hours finding talent. There's amazing people all over the world. People, what, yeah, what, and in a million disciplines too. Yeah. You can be a talented farmer, you can be a talented exactly. juggler. Exactly. Surgeon. So what makes her a better talent than someone else? And she, she's an experience. She's not just a singer, performer, songwriter. She is an absolute experience and she's designed the Lady Gaga experience, right? And built a business ecosystem to support it. So how does that relate <laughs> to everybody? One, I, and one slight diversion before you yeah. had a... So I had the opportunity, I endorsed Polaroid with Lady Gaga. Um, I was the face of the brand for uh, the photography world, the global photography community, and she was the pop culture side. Wow. And so I got to spend some time with her, with her ideas, um, and you know, alongside her in press releases and photos and things like that. And the, the experience of being with her, as in like, sitting there was measurable it was palpable it was a wow. thing 
And so your point about like the performance in a 2D world where you're looking at a screen or listening to some audio or whatever, it, it, the experience that your friend got watching the Grammys, it's not lost in fact, it's amplified right. in person. So right. there is, it, it's very much crafted. So um, just sorry, rubber stamp validation. Yeah. <laughs> now, now back to I you, I found myself just listening, <laughs> keep going. <laughs> so, but what does that, what does that mean if you're not Lady Gaga and you're your, uh, you know, Sally designer, right? Absolutely. In, in you know, Middle America or you know, Southern Italy or whatever. Like, what? How do? How should the folks at home be thinking about this? You know, I'll, you have to think about it this way. Uh, what? What do you do very well? Right? What do you do better than anybody else? And now turn that into a whole ecosystem of how you talk about you, how you present you, uh, how you follow up after you've delivered something. All of the things are sort of opportunities to create magic, right? And so then before, before you even get there, it's, it's this. What, what do you want somebody to feel after they're done with you in every moment of truth, right? So I, I'll use myself as an example. I, I hired a storyboard artist from Pixar. His name was Nicholas, his name is Nicholas Sung. Uh, and he helped me through a storyboarding process better understand who I was really trying to reach, what's a day in the life of their world, uh, what I could do to have an impact in their world. And it made me, I wish I did it before I started writing the book, because then after I did it, I had to rewrite the book. (laughs) (laughs) Could have saved me weeks, years, months. Years. years. Uh, And he brought to life the, the, uh, the, the idea of what a relationship really means, right? I, I, I thought about, this is my seventh book. I naturally came to it as I'm an expert. I have something to share with you. Let me write it. I hope it's going to be amazing. But then he helped me see this. It's not just about the book. It's about the problem someone has trying to figure out how to be more successful or how to increase their business or, or how to build better relationships with their customers. And you, when you see the world outside of that, then you can say, this is the role I'm going to play in it. This is, this is, I'm a, I'm a director, I'm an orchestrator, uh, I'm a, a conductor. I, all of these things then now become intentional in all of the work you do, right? It gives it a purpose, it gives it a role, it gives it context, it gives it the, the connectability. Uh, so that's, for me as an author, I, I, it changed my, how I market the book, it changed how I designed the book. And I'll give you one last example. It wasn't just good enough to understand who the customer was. It wasn't just good enough to figure out my Lady Gaga experience for all of this. Um, turns out that when you look at people and their aspirations and how they make decisions and all, what inspires them, what doesn't inspire them, uh, what's relevant to them, it gives you a gift of empathy. Right? And empathy is what unlocks a whole new level of perspective. I, I, I had to believe that people look at their phones so much, you know, it's actually, it's, uh, it's 1,500 times a week, it's about on average 177 minutes a day, that with every, what? yeah, every pinch, zoom, swipe, that has to be reprogramming your brain. So what I'm asking you to do, and, and I did the same thing, is I studied people, right, and thought, well, what could a book be today? Knowing that your brain is different. How are you learning? What are you sharing? What, how, what do you retain? Right? Because you can't create an experience just by following what everybody else does. Right? That's, that's where we get into trouble. Turns out, 
It turns out that our attention span, uh, well, I'll give you a teenager, 60 seconds is how long they can focus before they reach for their phone while they're doing homework. It's crazy. Uh, and if you have to engage people that way, then I'm not going to be able to write long sentences and traditional chapters. So uh, we wireframed the book to be an app. It's amazing. It's the size of an iPad Air. There's no table of contents. Turns out that that doesn't necessarily work as well as it used to. Uh, the idea of a chapter is now completely different. There's a certain amount of sentences that you could string together before you need a white space break you know, to keep you wanting to turn the pages. Anyway, so I share this with you because I too had to learn a little bit more than I would It's not good enough to be good enough or it's not good enough to be the best. You have to now understand the impact that you want to have and the role you want to play in someone's life and then who that person is and design for all of it. And it's so inspiring. It's it so is. inspiring. That's the thing that I'm, when I'm putting my, like looking at my own problems and challenges with my personal brand, with the Creative Live brand especially, and knowing that my, my friends, my community, my fans, anyone who is going to come in contact with either of those things I look at that as like, oh my gosh, there's so much opportunity. You know, let's, can I, I bring up an example, and it's, uh, I, I think some people are gonna recognize it might be a tad outdated. I'm gonna, I'm gonna call it out though, and that's the uh, safety video from Virgin. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. So Virgin, when, you know, this is a number of years ago, five years ago when Virgin America, five to eight years ago, Virgin America launched, whenever that was, and their safety video was just flush with it was beautifully shot, it was interesting, it was funny, it was, it was an area that nobody believed innovation was possible. And the sweet irony is that it's in those cracks where you can stick a wedge in and make something, make an experience. Because people, it's where people don't expect it, where there's an opportunity to thrive. If you're trying to compete with people on fuel prices or, or just price alone, or how fluffy is the pillow, or like all those <laughs> things are things that the airline, you know, uh, amen, the, the airlines have fought around for years and years, but it was thought that that was untouchable until Virgin pushed it. And now, you know, we're years later and, and there's, everyone's doing, trying to be cutesy and there's some with better or more, yes. you know, more or less success than others. But when I think of, of anyone who's listening to our talk, I keep going back to the fact that what is, what's the safety video in your world? Where are people not expecting to have an amazing experience and how can you give them something there? And if you think about that, that spectrum, there's so many touch points. Yeah. So talk to me about like touch points, um, freelancers trying to shape their business. How can they be different? Better? That 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 is so. Uh, I mean, you just you just made me you just blew my mind because that's exactly what this is. You know that uh, as as a digital analyst, it, it's, there's there's no shortage of innovation in this world, right? But uh, the thing that I, I find incredibly unappreciated is that innovation rarely starts with the technology first approach. Right, it's always because someone saw something differently. Right, like the airline safety video. Mm -hmm. We, you know, if you, I don't know if you use Microsoft Word, but you know, we click a three and a half inch floppy disk as 
to save a file, right? And you and I know <laughs> what that, that, that is. is yeah. yeah, there's a whole generation that just thinks that's a save icon, right? Because they don't <laughs> actually know what that is. And it's little things like that. We have to remember that the way we see the world and how other people go through the world, everything's open for opportunity today. Or the or the remote control is an example I tell in the book. I wanted to know what happened. Why do we have a remote control in a world of this, right? All of these fantastic televisions and they all ship with the remote control. It's like, it's like <laughs> what, 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 I don't know, what, they're all different. It's because yeah. nobody stopped to ask why, right? And I think we just need to ask more about why or what if, or instead of no, we possibly can't. You know, the, the, the average remote control has 70 buttons on it. and. For the, uh, the course of 60 years, they've gotten progressively worse because they just take the latest technology and bolt it on, right? And we tend to do that with business. We tend to think about the process. We look at our competitors as, as being people in the same market, right? But what Virgin did is they looked to Hollywood to be inspired for their airline safety video, and boom, they changed the game. Imagine if they thought the same way about their contact center, right? Because you have a great safety video, you've got a delicious airplane experience. Oh, yeah. uh, you have a cool airport lounge experience, but then if you have a problem, everything unravels. And everything you thought about Virgin is now gone, and it has to either be rebuilt or it's lost, right? And so you have to think about your business experientially. Very, very holistically, Very too. holistically. And it just turns out they do a great job on so many spectrum, which is why people, why they came out of nowhere to really disrupt the airline industry. Remember right. that you like used to be able to shop for things, like you'd see all of the prices at once? Yes. As opposed to just like clicking through, is like, this my right price? No. Do I want a smaller seat? No. Do I want a bigger <laughs> seat? Do I want to fly on Tuesday? Do I want, you just like, they lay it all out right. there. Here's what Monday through Friday looks yes. like. Here's first class to, to cattle class, and here's top to bottom, big seats to small seat. And you're like, uh... I want this price point, this seat, this day. Nice it's and easy. So, yeah, it's yeah. so powerful. Well, think about the, a parking sign, right? It, they're the most impossible thing to understand or read, especially <laughs> in the context of that moment. I, I, I got to move my car. Can yeah. I put it here? And every aspect of that, this, those are touch points, right? So your business touches people. How do they find you? What happens once they connect with you? How do you get them to come a little bit closer to you? What do you do afterwards to keep them coming back? The, uh, the best place to start right now, even before you get into experience and like, what do you want people to do, is just why don't you find the friction? Understand that people are different. There's a lot of great free research. I publish great research. You don't even have to buy the book. But yeah, where would they go to find your free research? At uh, briansolis.com. Uh, and great. there's, uh, or SlideShare, uh, my name, slideshare.net slash briansolis. I, pu I publish it all for free. And it'll just tell you about the nuances of the customer of which, you know, is, are, is the floppy disk. You, oh, I always thought about it this way. When you think about it differently, like, you have a safety video, right? Like the, some of the questions I ask uh, is what's the point of a website in 2016? Right? Not, it's not what it used to be, but yet we still design with 1995 principles. And in the Virgin America example, they, they just as a brand new airline, overhauled their entire website, very young, uh, because they realized what you said, experientially, it's the parking sign. What are people trying to do? Design for, design for humans, right? You just have to understand how humans are different today. Take the friction out of the journey right now. That's the easiest place to start. And then once you see the friction, once you feel the pain, once you, you start to feel the, the, the opportunity, what could you do better, right? Starbucks doesn't look at other coffee companies for competitive inspiration. They look at PayPal. They look at other financial mobile payment companies for inspiration. We've right? had so many people as a part of this series say that innovation and the best ideas come from outside yes. the area that you're working in. Right. So talk to us about that. Give me some examples and, and maybe 
um, either theoretical ones or actual tactical ones where people are looking outside. I'll, I'll use myself just to plant the seed. My inspiration uh, from a career perspective was looking at the artists in New York, specifically in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, because they were reinventing what it meant to be an artist and what art was, and and then telling stories about that experience. So I'll use Warhol. Um, took the Brillo boxes off the shelf of the grocery store and got them into the gallery and the museum, and then called that art, and then made a life, a living, a um, a brand out of recognizing or pointing at the absurdity of all of that conversation. And in, in photography, I started taking pictures using really interesting technology and then telling stories behind the scenes. There was the, the word behind the scenes video didn't exist. And I thought, wow, what if I could tell a story using the model of artists in the 60s, 70s, and 80s about what it meant to make art and how that art was being radically changed. What does it mean to be a photographer? Well, it's not just about being able to take a good picture. It's about being able to tell a story about taking a good picture. Right. And it's about being a technologist and it's about being you know, many, many, many hyphens. So that's my particular story. Right. Give me some either some, you know, first principles or some sure. tactics around how, how others should think. Well, it starts by not taking anything for granted. It's very hard to do. A good friend of mine, Chris Hero, said once, you know, one of the one of the problems that we have with creativity today with so much innovation is that we're taking it and we're building on legacy thinking, right? When in fact, we have to remember that in, we live in a world where a magazine is an iPad that doesn't work, right? And that's, everything's counterintuitive. And so I open There's up- There's gonna be so many tweetable things out of this conversation. <laughs> and he says, you know, we often tend to think creatively by thinking outside of the box, right? That's, that's our mental way to, to, to think differently. And, but he says the problem with that is that all you're doing is putting yourself in another box because you haven't changed the rules, right? Yeah, literally the, the rule changing, that's the thing that I love. Yes. yes, you have to change the rules and you have to feel confident enough to change the rules that you're going to be okay because once you start to move into this direction, and same for me, I, I almost, I, I, I'm not going to lie, I mean, to, to re, learn how to rewrite sentences and design a book from scratch and you know, basically you think you've made your career on all of your past successes and I, I wanted to quit. I wanted to quit a thousand times in this process because I didn't feel like I could do it. It was, too, it was so hard. Right? It, was, it was so debilitating. But it was also the journey you had to go through in order to see and do things differently. And now, now I look back at it with the, the like, I, how, what a gift I gave to myself, right? It's like I went to school for the new economy. And that's what, we just have to feel okay that we're gonna step outside of our norms, but that's where innovation starts. That's where all the magic happens. The pain, my, my biggest pains were very um, early on trying to understand if that was okay in this established you know, the art world is very, very established the way that photographers and directors have been hired for years and years. You always had to have an agent. And, and so I, I did that. And then I found, I believed that there was a better way. Um, and this is sort of like telling stories about the work that you're doing in a world where there was no such thing as behind the scenes videos. And what I found is that early on, I was very much vilified. And so this thing that I, I had confidence in when I started putting out this, like, here's me shooting some Nike campaign or working with some, you know, some Apple campaign or whatever, telling stories about that, people would attack me because they believed that I was sharing secrets, uh, you know, other photographers in my, in my industry, for example. Yeah. And, you know, at Creative Live, we took that same approach. Like, what does education look like? 
well, what are the first principles that work great? How can we lift and stamp those and try and rethink everything else? Right. And all of the other things, like providing access to the world's top experts for free. Mm-hmm. You know, think other you know education companies are like, oh my God, these guys are screwed. They're going to go out of business tomorrow because they they've got this freemium business where you can come and watch our you know education twenty four seven. Just turns out that we have now millions and millions of people who love what it is that we do. And at each of those experiences that I've had, people were throwing tomatoes at us until they figured out that we were onto something, and then they were trying to get jobs. From right. Us. And and. <laughs> The, I, what I really respect is you calling out the fear and the pain and and talk you know pretend you're talking to the audience when you're talking to me and tell them why they shouldn't be afraid that that's where innovation happens I um, I, I, I'm I'm a little bit older than a lot of the uh, the young entrepreneurs out there and it took me a really long time to, to realize that I, I could I could have enough strength to, to just challenge convention, right? I I, I was I, I I grew up just every aspect of life. You you do what you're told, you know. You finish your plate. You follow these rules. You sit a certain way. You do a certain thing. And and I just my I, I never I, I always felt afraid to to do something different, even though it never felt right. The things that you were doing. Yeah, the sorry. things that I was doing. And so I just I just finally I just I I had to. I had a good trust network and a good support network, and I, 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 I needed to talk through ideas, and and they, there was validation and good friends. We all have great friends, and they will do, they will be there for you no matter what happens. But no one achieves greatness by not completely exposing themselves, and that's that's the hardest part. Fear is the hardest part. But I'll, I'll give you, I'll, I'll just give you one thing um, that I think everybody should should think about. I'll use myself as an example. I guarantee you, and this happened with WTF too, because I did a lot of experimentations in design. Uh, everybody is going to look at me as the guy who, oh, you know, we should we should have a designed book just like that because that's so cool. That's the new trend. That's uh, so, and I'm the one who had to convince an, a publisher to make an investment in a whole new infrastructure and supply chain, right? And a new way to approach design. So I went and did all the hard work. And so they're going to look at me and just say, Brian paved the trail. I want my book to look like that too. The problem is is that they're going to look at me as a traditional competitor and they're not going to rethink what the experience of the book should be. They're just going to think that design is not the answer, right? All the while, what really made that book an experience was because I was looking at Technology. I, my competitors were Tinder and Uber. My competitors were Apple. My competitors were um, all kinds of really cool products that are changing the game in every industry. Uh, my competitors were uh, Ralph Steadman and, and Hunter S. Thompson because of what they did to journalism. I needed to look at people who who just broke the boundaries. And you know, there's a there's just this magical video, and I use that word a lot because I I I, I love I, the word magic. I was just so inspired by. Stories like how, why Disney, why Walt Disney invented the story process, uh, storyboarding process for Snow White. I was inspired by uh, Steve Jobs when he returned to Apple and getting completely ostracized by the audience of like, what makes you think you're going to be able to turn this company around? They just wanted to go back to the Apple II and that whole framework. And he and he sits down and he's speechless in this in this one video that that was just surfaced recently. And this also inspired the book, which was I can't design Apple products based on technology. I want to design Apple products that 
number one, make you feel and do amazing things, and two, that change the entire paradigm. And he said, you have to start with the customer experience before you do anything and what that experience is supposed to be. And that was like, man, yeah, so that's my advice. Is you gotta look outside and you have to be inspired by the people who break the rules because they're like you and you get strength and confidence and knowing that this, there's a framework, there's a pattern out there yeah. and we can, we can all do this. That's what I, one of the things I love about the community um, that is around you know, this ecosystem, these talks, this um, is, that you get insight into other people and how they are managing, so you feel like you're not alone. You see some renegades that are doing great stuff, and certainly some uh, some dolts that are doing everything wrong. And you, you get to you know when you participate in the community. That's one of the reasons I say do something instead of nothing. Lean in, be a part of the the conversation, is because you get so much more value by seeing everything that everyone's doing along the spectrum. Some people being very, very successful, and, and the, the uh, a tagline that I use is be different, not just better. Yeah. And it's in that sort of different and different thinking, that's the Apple slogan, right, to think different, yeah. um, that I've personally seen so much success in the community. Uh, I wanna switch the, the sort of focus, I'm um, trying to, to earmark a couple of things right now. You clearly have a framework for your thinking. You're very analytical, I mean, that is, you know, you call yourself a digital philanthropist, digital uh, analyst. So what are some tips that you, Brian, do differently than some other people? Is there something, can you underline something that you think you do differently than other authors? And again, I'm hoping by extension that people can, can look at that and say, oh, this is my different thing, the way that I could attack a certain problem. So yeah, absolutely. What, what, what's your sort of, uh, What's it called? Your My magic. je ne sais quoi? Yeah, yeah. What's your je ne sais quoi? <laughs> it is that um, as a digital analyst, I am supposed to cover technology and write about technology. Then I'm supposed to write about how businesses are changing because of technology. Uh, what makes me different and what I hope inspires you to think differently uh, is I didn't become a digital anthropologist because that's what I wanted to be when I, when I grew up. I became one because I had to, because the relationship between technology and business, just because this is what businesses are doing, doesn't mean that that's what we're all supposed to do now, right? And by the time you execute what, I've, what you've read in my research, is late. <laughs> so as a digital anthropologist, when you study the impact of, on people, how that changes people, decision making, what, the, what, what do they align with, what do they value, you start to, you start to first your mind gets blown, yes. <laughs> but then second, uh, it, it, whether you know it or not, you're touched. You will never look at things the same way again, and it now starts to make more sense. And not only, it doesn't just explain what's happening, it starts to show you what's possible, right? And this is why you see disruption everywhere, because they're starting to recognize patterns of people differently, unlock opportunities, hit it. Once they taste a new thing, Right, you think about Uber. Do you think how many Uber users go back to taxis? I, I, I <laughs> we literally last night we were calling an Uber. And we're like, there's a taxi right, like literally sitting right there. I'm willing to take you anywhere. And we're looking. It's busy South by Southwest. They're like, oh, it's gonna be six minutes before a cab. And we walk up to the cab and we and, and we say, hey, we're gonna like get in. And he's like, well, first we're like, where are you going? Yeah. And we're like, and I literally told my crew, I was like. Doesn't matter that if he's sitting right here, like he wants to extract as much money as he's like, oh, you're going to cross down, that'd be $28 instead of running the meter. Yes. It's like, 
no, I'm not yes. going to fucking do it. Like, <laughs> later, you can just sit there and I'm happy to wait six minutes because I have grown very, very accustomed to transparency, authenticity, tr- um, being able to, to just be aware of the things you want to be aware of when you're right. trying to get someone to drive you somewhere. That's right. I mean, th- and one of the things that Uber does, and Airbnb does this too, uh, is they, they are intentionally investing in experience design, not just from a technology standpoint or payment innovations, but also they're, they're bringing the drivers to a standard of which this is the Uber experience that if you want to be our driver, what you impart, this is why you see waters, this is why you see even UberX is getting out and open doors for you. And it's something that'll get better over time, but it, you, you're, you're operating against a standard. This is, this is the experience. France, I will use Paris. I lived in Paris for a number of years and the taxis in Paris, if you think they're bad here, notoriously horrible. Like, oh, where do you want to go? Oh, I want to go La Défense, s'il vous plaît. No, yeah. no there's not no. possible. <laughs> Like, and they're like, literally just because they don't want to drive over there because yeah. they live over there or whatever. Like, no, and then they'll just roll their window up and we'll talk to you. I'm like, oh my God. And the last time I was in Paris, just uh, in, you know, earlier, uh, end of last year, Uber is just dominating. There. Yes. It is like the service is impeccable. People pull up, they get out, they open the, I mean, it was like, wait a minute. Then this happened in the space of a year. Yes. Like total transformation. And that experience stands out so yes. much because it's so different. And all the other taxis, they're literally rioting. The taxi yeah. drivers are rioting because <laughs> Uber is taking their business. But when you have the experience of using an Uber in Paris and you have the experience of using a Parisian taxi, it, <laughs> I mean, it is worlds apart. This so. is true for any disruption, which is, I think, the, the, the thing that I hope that people get from this conversation is that I, I can literally try anything new as long as it's purposeful, right? And that was intent. In fact, Uber was invented because they couldn't get a Parisian cab uh, because yes. there was just a little bit of snow in Paris and they shut, the, all taxis just stopped. stopped. And it was ridiculous. So we were stranded. Uh, and th- that's the story of how they, they were able to, well, why doesn't this exist, right? But here's the thing. Taxi drivers rioting in London and Paris and around the world that's how business reacts to disruption, rather than, oh, we oh, could have idea. Yeah, yeah we could we could just have done this. Right. We could have been says better. Good idea. Nobody <laughs> yeah, at first, right? W- w- because this is a, a quote I, I I often share, which is, but this is the way we've always done it. Said no successful entrepreneur ever, right? And then look at Tesla, right? We, they they want to sell direct to consumers. Ah, oh, the industry freaks out, and dealerships file motions to ban direct car sales because of franchise laws and you know, Elon Musk saying, but I don't want to have a franchise. I want to be able to sell directly. Why, why is that up to you? Uh, and it's the idea that all of this disruption happens because of preferences, that behavior change, right? The idea that you can trust a stranger to come to you via an app today is not an accident. It's all by design. It's all by design. We are dangerously close to out of time. I know your time is very precious and you've been generous with it. I want to ask a few very pointed questions on a rapid fire basis here. All right, let's go. What's something about you that people wouldn't, or people that would be very surprised and they don't know right now? The real thing that drives my innovation is philosophy. I am always thinking about why the relationship to what, what if, am I good enough, how could I be different? I, th- I love to think and talk. What's one, one thing that you were really uh, dubious of that everyone else is in favor of? Oh my goodness, I got uh, to study for that one. Uh, or not everyone, I don't want to be so uh, 
what is that uh, superlative in contact there? Like, what, what's something that you generally are wary of that everyone's like, oh yeah, obviously. Management infrastructures at companies. Uh, and the same management infrastructure of education system, the same management infrastructure of government, I am incredibly dubious of people making decisions on my behalf that have no fucking clue what the future looks like or what it could be. That's powerful. Uh, how important is lifelong learning? I tell people that I am just a student and it's humbling. It's lifelong. The uh, education system, does it work? <laughs> if I had to redesign the book to work, I promise you we can redesign education. Yeah. Um, do you believe that um, VR is, uh, how, how soon will VR be a thing? Is it six months, three years, ten years? What's the, what's the sort of the curve look like for, for VR and, and augmented reality and all that stuff? Okay, so VR, it's a thing right now. It'll be incredibly verticalized as it moves across the bell curve. You're probably two, two three years, right? It's going to go vertical. It's going to go gaming. It's going to go, I mean, you, you see AR. Mm -hmm. You see the roller coasters you now. I don't know if you've seen this, but there are physical roller coasters, but you wear the VR helmet, and as you're going through the roller coaster, you are flying a spaceship and fighting aliens. It's, it's pretty, pretty wonderful. So you're starting to see it now. Uh, and I, I have a, I'll send a shout out to Scully. Uh, I have an augmented reality motorcycle helmet that has a heads-up display, it has speakers, Bluetooth, voice control, cameras. Uh, I met that guy on Friday night. What's his name? Marcus. Yes, I met Marcus yes. on Friday night. Yes. Uh, wow, yeah, fascinating. It's here now. Wow. Seriously? Yeah. I've got it. I ride that. <laughs> I will I've never ride it. with a normal helmet again. I promise. I got it. Um, two more. Do you have any routines or things that you feel like help give you um, an edge, like something you can point to? Is it whether it's meditation or eating healthy or you know hanging upside down for ten hours on Sunday with a pizza? Like, what do you have anything that you specifically do that you think other people would benefit from? Um, I'm. I'm gonna just be honest. I'm trying to get an answer to this question. <clears throat> I'm, I'm having a really hard time with all of the technology, keeping up with all the communications platforms. You know, just I'm having a really hard time. So I, I am in the moment trying to sort out some new best practices for me to get a handle on everything. There's so many. I, I friend of mine, you may or may not know Gary Gary Vaynerchuk. Oh, of just course. Like been attacking me for like. <laughs> relentlessly for a year about Snapchat. Dude, you're an amazing storyteller. What are you doing? Boom, yes, boom, yes. boom, boom. Turns out there was a squatter on my name, got my name back. And uh, like that's just another one. Now, I love it. It's just fantastic. But I'm like, now my poor like Facebook and like all, all the other yeah. platforms yes. are, are um, suffering. And you know, I, I have support. And there's people in this room who help me every day make and, and share content. I too feel overwhelmed, and, and I I personally love the feeling of being overwhelmed because I don't I'm not necessarily judging like this one sucks now and this one's awesome, and I know that I'd like to be able to sample all of them, but I do feel overwhelmed with the yeah. ability to to you know what works for me, and I like that you said what works for you, because what works for someone else is probably going to be slightly different. Yeah, it's good to know that you're overwhelmed. Um, what's a thing that I haven't asked you today in time we've spent together that you wished I would have, or that you could, if you could throw a word in here right at the end, what would it be? What, the question would be, what, 
what are you going to do next? You know, and uh, the answer to that is topically, I'm going to fo focus more on innovation and not on technology, how people change uh, their situation, right? So how do you see things differently? How do you change in a big company? How do you change a small company? How do you, what's the process for innovation? Just like I found the process for experience design, what is the process for true, 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 honest, relevant innovation? And at some point, uh, I'm going to try to apply that. I, I hope I win the lottery so that I can have a, <laughs> the, the resources to do this. But how do I take what I just learned and figured out and force change in government, education, healthcare? Thank you so much for helping us see around the corner. I find that the people that have influenced me the most have that gift are very, very articulate like you are at sharing it. And I'm very grateful for your time. I know you got to bounce. Thanks a lot, brother. Thank you. Thank you. All right, that about wraps it up. But before I let you go, I want to say, A, a huge thank you. B, let you know how to find me. I'm basically at Chase Jarvis all over the internet, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, I'm very active on Snapchat. You guys should check it. If that's a platform that you enjoy, uh, check me out there, as well as all the other ones. It's a super important ask for you to share this. Also, uh, subscribe via iTunes, SoundCloud, and or Stitcher. And most definitely, if you're willing to put in a little bit of extra juice please leave a review on itunes that helps make our podcast more visible last place that you can check it out and and get some additional value is in my newsletter which is chasejarvis.com slash vip that is where i put content out before it hits my social platforms so that's sort of the insider track leave comments all over the internet for me i will track them down and respond as best i can and uh, again huge thank you for listening to the podcast and i'm looking forward to the next episode already i hope you'll join me next time